Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Got a story here out of New Jersey that Joseph sent me about a car dealer in trouble with the law. And the press release is from the Department of Justice. So, I don't know, I often give you pro tips. I say, here's a pro tip. Put this in the back of your mind and just kind of use this pro tip going forward. If you ever find your name in a press release from the Department of Justice, you may have made mistakes in your life. Mistakes may have been made. That's that's just a pro tip from me. From the Department of Justice, U.S. Attorney's Office, District of New Jersey, for immediate release, this is in fact a press release. Owner of car dealership sentenced to two years in prison for engaging in large-scale fraud. Now, I have people call my office all the time, email me, talk to me, say, Steve, a dealership ripped me off. They committed fraud. And a lot of times people have been ripped off by dealerships. And a lot of times people just have bad feelings about dealerships. A lot of times it's clearly a gray area. A lot of times it's just they paid too much for a car. That's not fraud. But the question is, what do you have to do to get prison time with respect to large-scale fraud as a car dealer? What do you... (laughs) What mistakes were made to send a car dealer to prison in New Jersey? An Atlantic County, New Jersey man was sentenced today to 24 months in prison for his role in engaging in a pattern of fraudulent activity through his auto dealership. That's according to U.S. Attorney Philip R. Selinger. The man's name is Bobby Kahn. Bobby Kahn, K-H-A-N, Bobby Kahn. He's uh, from Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. He previously pleaded guilty by video conference before a U.S. district judge to one count of an indictment charging him with wire fraud, according to documents filed in the case and statements made in court from at least December of 2013 through most of 2014. He operated a dealership uh, in New Jersey, and he engaged in acts to defraud lenders and customers. Now, here is the answer to one question some of you may have had. Why is this a federal case if it involves a car dealer? And lenders, if they are banks, are federally regulated. And as part of that federal regulation comes federal protection. So if you have problems, i.e. legal issues, uh, and a bank is involved, quite often you wind up in federal court. Khan obtained loans from the auto finance division of a large bank for cars that he never delivered, but for which... The purchaser was still responsible. So somehow, he would get the money from the bank. The client wouldn't get the car, but the loan would still wind up falling onto the buyer who never got the car. He also obtained loans from the victim bank for cars that were delivered, but for which neither he nor his dealership had title. And that's the interesting one. Where do the cars come from if he hasn't got the titles to them? As a result, the purchasers of these cars were liable for the loans, but could not register the cars. And this is one of these things where I don't know why somebody does something that's going to get figured out so quickly. So I come into a car dealership and I go, I want to buy this car. They go, I want to sell you this car. It's a match made in heaven. So I go, well, I've got good credit, but I don't actually have a attache case filled with cash laying around. Can you work out finance? Oh, yeah, we can get financing for you. 
So I sign a bunch of documents and you give me the car and a bank gives the seller the money and I drive the car off. But since the seller doesn't hold the title, I can't register the car. I'm going to figure that out pretty quickly. I will find out that I cannot register the car. And I'll find it out when I can't register the car, which is usually pretty shortly after purchase when you try to register the car. So I'm going to go back to the dealer and say, I can't register this car for some odd reason. Now, the dealership can buy some time by saying, oh, COVID, mail, DMV screwed up, whatever. How much time can you buy? And it ain't that much. Now, it's possible that someone could be running a really bad Ponzi scheme and sell one car and get the money, spend it, sell a second car, and take the money from the second car to pay the first. But that always falls apart. It always falls apart. As a result, the purchasers of these cars were liable for the loans, but had cars they could not register. In addition, the man offered to sell cars for individuals on consignment, but did not return the cars or provide any money from the sale of the cars. And I've heard this story also. I've heard this story many times where there's some dealership someplace that says, well, we can take your car in, but we can't buy it from you outright. So what we'll do is we'll put it on consignment. We'll put it on consignment. And by the way, in many states, a dealership to sell a car on consignment actually has a to have a different kind of license than simply to sell cars. So in some states, they'll say that you are an A dealer selling new cars, a B dealer selling used cars, and some other letter designation indicate that you are a broker, that you're a broker. That is, you're selling cars that you do not officially own by title. He did not give the money to the owners of the car, uh, and quite often he would uh, keep the money or not return the car, which might explain also why he's managed to sell some cars without the titles. He admitted that as a result of his actions, he uh, exposed the victim bank to a potential loss of at least $550,000. In addition to the prison term, the judge sentenced Khan to three years of supervised release and ordered a forfeiture of $1.1 million. Restitution will be determined at a later date. So it appears there is a single bank, it goes the victim bank, that was involved in much of this. However, the restitution being ordered, the, the, the forfeiture, is 1.1. And of course, that could be money that he should have paid to people that he did not. Or it could be other banks that weren't involved in the official indictment. I'm not sure what that is. But this is one of those occasions where forfeiture makes sense. But it is associated with a criminal case where, in fact, there was a guilty plea. So if someone pleads guilty or is found guilty, it makes complete sense to me that they should be forced to forfeit some of their ill-gotten gains. Uh, the full restitution will be determined at a later date, but the $1.1 million forfeiture was ordered now. Uh, U.S. Attorney Selinger credited special agents of the FBI's Newark Division under the direction of special agent in charge James Dennehy with the investigation leading to today's sentencing. He also thanked the Bergen County Prosecutor's Office and the Ramsey Police Department for their assistance. The government is represented by Assistant U.S. Attorney Andrew Kogan of the U.S. Attorney's Office Cyber Crime Unit in Newark. And I wonder if there actually were cyber crimes involved here. It very well could be that some of these sales were advertised on the internet might involve cyber crimes. So it's amazing how much stuff people will do over the internet now and how people love to live dangerously. So I've heard of people who get on the internet 
They're poking around. Oh, they find a car. There's a car for sale. There's a car for sale on the other side of the country. I must have it. <laughs> Think back to when there was newspaper classified ads. You're going through the newspaper classified ads and you see a little thing like this with abbreviations. Let's see now. 19... 73 Trans Am, 455, runs nice, great condition with a phone number. That's all the ad would say. I can tell by the area code and the exchange where, you know, what city they're most likely in. I wouldn't call them up and go, describe it to me. Okay, I'll wire you the money. These are people who live nearby. I'd drive over and take a look at it. And I knew people who drive all over the state of Michigan to look at cars they found in newspapers or you know, trading times or whatever the various newspapers were. Auto trader. Uh, so people, however, for some odd reason, have no qualms at all about going on the internet and going, hey, there's a picture of a car. I'm in Maine. The car is in Texas. But these photographs look good. And by golly, photographs on the internet can't lie to me. I'm going to order that car. Next thing you know, they're wiring money to somebody they just met three minutes ago over the phone. And expecting the car they're fantasizing about to show up in their driveway. Now, don't get me wrong. It's happened. There's companies that do that. We talk about them all the time. There's also businesses that do that. And that can work also. But I can also let you know that I've represented somebody who did that transaction from Michigan, called a dealer in California after seeing ads on the internet. They had posted 45 photographs of the car that my client wanted to buy. Car that got shipped to my client, different car. It was a different car. Same make, model, and color, but a different car nonetheless. How do we know? Car in the photographs wasn't damaged. The car that got delivered was damaged. When my client went out and looked at the car in the car hauler, he goes, that's not the car I ordered. This car's all dinged up. Did you do that? And the car guy, the, the, the truck guy goes, no. He goes, in fact, this thing concerned me so much because I took photographs of it before I picked it up. Showed my client the photographs. My client goes online, discovers that all the photographs have been removed from the internet of that car. And so what had happened was the dealership wanted to sell a dinged up car and thought, well, let's post photographs of it back in happier times, which we don't really have, but the, enough of these cars out there, we just get photographs of any one of these cars. So they found photographs of a car, same make, model, year, all that stuff, posted those and sold my client the dinged up one. And by dinged up, I mean it had damaged body panels. And that's plural. There was several body panels damaged. And so my client called the dealership up and said, hey, guys, you shipped me the wrong car. No, no, that's, that's, no, that's the car. My client had saved those photographs. <laughs> Screen grabs of the whole advertisement to show what had happened. And the funny thing is, that the dealership said, if you ship that car back to us, we ain't taking it, and you're still on the hook for all the money. And a litigation ensued. And the first phone call I got, I've told this story before, I'm sure, but the first phone call I got was from an attorney who had been hired to defend the case, who said, we'll give your client their money back. I said, okay, pay my attorney fees. The guy goes, oh, we don't do that. I said, okay. <laughs> we'll see you in court and see what happens. The guy calls me back a little while later, and he goes, well, we think this is blackmail. Like a Blackmail? You guys are the ones who shipped the wrong vehicle. That's fraud. I don't know. I don't know which is a bigger crime in your mind, but what I'm doing is legal. So it's not blackmail. I said, but I've got statutes that say that you owe me attorney fees and court costs because we had to do this. My client asked for his money back before filing the lawsuit, and you wouldn't give it to him. 
and they begrudgingly paid my attorney fees, gave my client back all their money, including the shipping, and then had the vehicle shipped back. But that's what can happen if you're thinking to yourself, oh, what could go wrong? So the other thing that could go wrong is you could drop your vehicle off at a dealership that does consignment and find out they sold your car and didn't tell you. Now, that should be an interesting issue because presumably the title was made out to you and you own the car. Somehow you should find out that the title's been transferred to somebody else. But it depends what state you're in and how the paperwork works. And again, the one thing I will point out is there is always the slight chance of a lifeline here, and that is the dealership carries a bond. But of course, they're not going to carry a million-dollar bond or a $550,000 bond. In most states, the bonds that are required for car dealerships are actually quite small and have not kept up with inflation. So I've gone after dealership bonds on several occasions, and uh, I don't know that any of them have ever actually completely satisfied the judgments we'd gotten against the dealerships. But there's always that. But here we go. Car dealer going to prison. So Joseph, thanks for sending it from the Department of Justice. The owner of car dealership sentenced to two years in prison for engaging in large-scale fraud. Questions or comments? Put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Law of Window Cleaning. It's on the other side.